Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, Brandon's a Brandon has stood oh, up. Oh, he stood up and he looked at me. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the putting on the clamps on Kemba Walker and defeating America to my wonderful French son, Frank Nalakina, Eric Silver. How's it going? See, you already tipped your hand that you were going to do this before, Mm -hmm. and we know that a 21-year-old rapscallion is that what took down Team USA. It was the fact that Rudy Gobert is very large. I would just like to throw some statistics that Kemba Walker, the person that Frank Nalakina was guarding, was two of nine from the field, zero for four from three, had four turnovers, and was a minus 13. Frank Nalakina, my French lovely son, scored 11 points, three assists, was a plus 21, and had two Clutch shots, first a three to tie the game, and then a two with a minute left to put them up six. I'm very conflicted because America has been removed from FIBA, but it was at the hand of my French son, and I'm happy. And I'm sure that will translate to success on the New York Knickerbockers. I hope so. I, I just, just don't think it's going to happen. I hope so. <laughs> I really do. It's I... because, listen, I don't want to get into this, but instead, because I knew this would make me mad, instead I brought up the roster of Team France, and I just wanted you to read it with a French accent. Oh, okay, cool. Frank. Nilekina, Amaf Mbaye, Nicolas Batum, Evan Fournier, Nando de Colour, Vincent Proyer, <laughs> Andrew Albici, Louis Labillère, Matthias Lesior, Rudy Gobert, Arcel Toupain, and Paul Lacombe. Axel Toupain is on this team? Axel Toupain is also a very good name. I know, but he's not from France. Shout out to Axel. Or Arcel Toupain. Axel Toupain. He sounds like, if you say it like a British guy, he sounds like the second villain in a Fast and Furious movie. I can dig it, yeah. Like mm-hmm. he works with Deckard Shaw. Yeah. Oi, this is my friend, Axel Tupine. Hello, it's me, Axel Tupine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I was able to squash this beef by making you talk in a French accent. <laughs> well, before we move on to the actual meat and potatoes of the episode, we got to get ready to eat those meat and potatoes. So we got to get our clothes and stuff ready in the Teal Memorial locker room. No, Teal's not you are making it sound like more and more of a mystery. Like I don't you know what you're Teal? talking about. Teal's I didn't alive. Kill Teal. Teal is alive. I wasn't alive. in the billiards room at all with the candlestick. You know who wasn't in the billiard room with the candlestick either? Our new patrons. Our new patrons. So shout out to Nick Amon, Mitch Williams, Jen Went, and Cody Nardone, as well as our new producer level patrons, Jordan Wood and Kaylin Hates Square Dancing. 
I guess she hates square dancing. I think she does. I don't know the difference between square dancing and two-stepping, but I've gone two-stepping, and that's very fun. Well, square dancing is four-stepping because it's in a, there it's in it a is. box. I don't think we said anything about square dancing, I so I hope this isn't brain. directed at us. I guess she just hates square dancing. Kaylin, I'm glad you get to profess this now on our podcast. We also have a name correction for one of our producer-level patrons. Last episode, we talked about synonyms who did not realize <laughs> that that was their display name. It's not name, our fault. Not it's on, on synonyms. They did not not realize that was the name that would get displayed in the email instead they would like their name changed to i worked with eric's dad meaning i need to follow up hey. with this person to see in what capacity they worked with your dad commissioner adam silver adam silver or my real real dad commissioner scott adam. silver <laughs> i wonder which one it is uh, it could be either one really but jordan and caitlin who hates square dancing join the ranks of our existing producer level patrons brian wingate burger skylar jorgensen gladiator vader adam hartwick ross papa akano cody powell salvatore testa trust the process hufflepuff hillary samantha rose polly burridge and i worked with eric's dad there you go you all never have to change your accessories because of rule changes in the nba oh good <laughs> new patrons is exciting but other exciting things are happening at Multitude. First, we have a survey, and we also have a live show coming up. How about you talk about that survey, Eric? I will. We're big nerds, so we love doing surveys, and we want to hear your thoughts about how to make Multitude a better place. And we're not just getting your personal data. We want your opinions on live shows, on merch, on new Multitude projects, and what we're doing with our current Multitude projects. You can actually change what Multitude is doing for the better. We just need a few minutes of your time. Honestly, I love the surveys that we put together. They're very fun. They have lots of emojis and silly questions. So good. And also, really important questions like it's not just bullshit no so if you go to multitude.production slash survey we would really appreciate it and just tweet to us afterwards and we will definitely send you a gif to reward you this helps with a lot of stuff it helps with us making sure the shows are good it also helps us get sponsors so we can you know eat and one piece of feedback that we saw from horse was someone said that they preferred when the overtimes or eric and i were in the same room together talking about stuff so we decided okay we should do that and put in that effort so now we're doing that from here on out and unless we're like on the road or whatever but, but it's a good idea. It's a really good idea. Studio. So any sort of feedback that you have for any of the shows, Multitude as a whole, it really helps us a lot. That is multitude.production slash survey. And Boston Heads. Yes. Massachusetts. New England in general. New Hampshire. Vermont. Any place that you want to fly into Boston and have an excuse to go there for the weekend, we're going to be there October 10th. That is a Thursday. It's going to be very fun. We're going to be doing a big variety hour type show with all the different podcasts getting in the mix. Your favorite multitudes on stage, potentially some guests. We're working through all this stuff right now, and it's going to be very fun and exciting. The only guarantee that I can give you is that you'll have a good time. That's definitely a guarantee. We'll be able to talk after the show and meet you, and it'll be super fun. And the one that we did in Brooklyn was incredible. Got to meet so many cool people. Eric and I got to play NBA Jam live on stage as the yeah. horse segment. I hope we bring that back as long <laughs> as the venue allows for it. You will not be disappointed. So just go to multitude.production slash live to check that out. And the final thing of Full Court Press to do is talk about our sponsors because we have sponsors for this episode. I love sponsors. And that's Wix. Wix? Yeah, Wix. If you want to make a website, say you were a producer of headbands for the NBA and you want to advertise your overstock now that NBA players aren't allowed to wear them. How are you going to get the name out there? You're going to do a website. And what are you going to use? 
use? You're going to use Wix. Nice. Wix, when you're wixing things away from your head with a headband. There it is. That could be, see if that URL is open because of the Wix. You can get a custom domain too. <laughs> they also have 400 templates that you can choose from that are customizable for whatever you are looking for. At the free level, you can take all the time to design your website. And then if you upgrade to premium, there's a bunch of new features. And if you want to get a discount on that upgrade to premium with Horse, you can. If you go to horsehoops.com slash Wix and click the link, you'll get 10% off your Wix premium, which is pretty sweet and can be sizable for an annual package, for example. I love annual packages. It's much better than the monthly packages I get, which is stack up at the door. Just like, reducing, you know, you're just reducing waste if you get them once a year. <laughs> Recently on Amazon, there was a shipping thing where they said you can get your packages as soon as possible on Friday, or you can get them in the least amount of packaging possible on Saturday. I was like, don't try to act environmentally friendly by making it seem like, oh, we're going to take an extra day. I would like to put it all together, but it also is a crime. Put it <laughs> it's all, definitely a crime. Put it all together and give it to me on Friday. Don't be like, one day shipping, if you murder the environment. Come on, Bezos. But anyway, yeah, now we're all done in the locker room and we can go on to full court press. Get it? Like the news? I do. And what news we have. What news we do have. So we talked about it a little bit, but America was removed from the FIBA World Championship. <laughs> Forcibly <laughs> removed. Forcibly removed by France. They lost 89 to 79. It's not because America was necessarily bad or that France was necessarily good. It's more of that so many good Americans decided not to play and France had a unifying team that plays together often and kind of the same roster that they've had for past events and they also have Rudy Gobert and Rudy having Gobert a is much taller and much better at basketball than a lot of the other tall people on Team USA and what's interesting about FIBA versus USA NBA basketball is that once the ball hits the rim you are allowed to grab it mm -hmm. as long as you don't make contact with the rim. This is also, fun fact, the way NBA Jam works. Once Good. the ball hits the rim, you can grab it. Yeah. So by having a big, tall person in the middle, once the ball hits the rim, you can just slap it out of there. And Rudy Gobert is really good at slapping things. A fun Rudy Gobert thing, which I'll put on the website, there's a wonderful video of him slapping a Gatorade cup when he gets called for a foul really early, and it's very fun. He sends the cup flying and then immediately gets ejected. That's fair. Breaking news right now, uh, USA lost to Serbia earlier today so they came in a cool sixth place that's sweet that's the aluminum metal mm -hmm. <laughs> or if you're in britain the aluminium the aluminium metal. yeah that's what they call it the aluminium metal so aside from this sad news we have other sad news the ninja style headbands and yes that is officially what they are being referred to as in NBA official memo status. Someone had to write that copy. Is that Nike and the NBA have banned ninja style tied headbands that became very popular last year. Apparently Nike said that they are unprofessional and the NBA, according to Woj, said that they're unsafe. So does Nike have sway over the NBA? Like are they yes. no longer going to produce it? This is like your mom is like laying down a rule and then your stepdad Jerry comes in and they're like, hey, I also think you shouldn't be going out past 10. Like Jerry, you're not my dad. So Nike does have the ability because of their contract, which is really sad, they own all jersey and accessory stuff for the nba right. so they like, have say like over 
Yes. They have say over everything like the compression tights, the colors of those, the headbands, the sweatbands, what's allowed and what isn't allowed. The biggest loss of this is that Stance used to be the official sock of the NBA, and they made a bunch of cool versions of the socks and different designs for each Mm -hmm. team and stuff like that. And then Nike came in and did their boring elite socks or just has a stripe up the back. And they said, oh, what if we make them all the team colors? Wow, thanks for doing the bare minimum, Nike. Oh, the Knicks get blue socks, and that's different from the Bulls who get red socks. Wow, amazing. So glad you're in charge of this. And I then, like how you have the same voice for all companies. You know, it's just people are dumb. <laughs> and this is my I think I'm smart, but I'm awful voice. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism. <laughs> but also, apparently, according to Nike, these ninja-style headbands didn't go through the league approval process, and teams have, quote, raised concerns regarding safety and consistency of size and length. How is it safety? I just don't. I, I don't so get it. This is the one part where I do agree with it because, <laughs> as I explained to you... I'm a very safe man. Well, just from someone that has gotten their finger jammed on stuff before, when you have a, a sweatband headband, it's elasticy, so it stretches. So sure. if my finger gets caught in your headband and it pulls, it'll either stretch or fly off your head or stretch and then fly off your head. If you have a ninja-style headband that is tied really tight, there's a knot in it, so it doesn't have as much give. And if it's really tight on your forehead and I get my finger stuck in there, which is incredibly rare but could happen, you could dislocate my finger. So I understand that. But what doesn't make any sense is that Nike was super cool with it for the entirety of last season and made ones that had the Nike swoosh on it. So it's not like these are rogue headbands. These are headbands made by Nike. They let it go on for a full year. And then this offseason, they decided, actually, we can't do this, which makes me think something nefarious is afoot. It's the unprofessional. thing. The fact that Nike said unprofessional and the NBA said it was unsafe. That's the thing that makes me feel weird. Like Nike shouldn't be making judgments about something that they're not because they're your stepdad and who gives a fuck what your stepdad has to say and regardless of professional or unprofessional they look cool they They look look very cool cool. and saying unprofessional you could call tennis one of the most professional sports Rafael Nadal still wears those from time to time Roger Federer wore them for a very long time so headbands are still a thing in other sports I think the unprofessional thing is a stretch and I don't get it it just makes me feel bad for Mike Scott who we talked about in previous episodes rough week for Mike Scott very quickly Mike Scott got beat up by a bunch of Philadelphia Eagles fans because he wore a Redskins jersey to the game. He's on the Philadelphia 76ers. Mike Scott's perfect, and this person that fought him is the worst, but mad props to the Philadelphia 76ers, because Mike Scott beat the shit out of a bunch of Philadelphians. Like <laughs> no, A bunch of those like dudes who are hanging out in the parking lot of the link. That attacked him first. <laughs> exactly. But Mike Scott, large human, beat up a bunch of dudes, and then the Sixers just released a statement saying, we're not punishing him. <laughs> Which is very good. Because Eagles, fan- Eagles fans just kind of jumped him, so... What are you going to do? The thing, I just don't want anyone to be saying unprofessional, especially with the NBA. Because, like, I don't... It was only, what, 25 years ago when they put the dress code in to keep black men from acting giant quotes. I know this is a podcast, giant quotes, like fucking street and hip hop. Yeah. So, like, cool your fucking jets with your language. It's just weird to say something is unprofessional because who's to say that the other things that already exist are professional? Are t-shirt cannons professional? No. Are thunder sticks during free throws professional? I would say explicitly not. Are men wearing tights professional? Is Okay, maybe. Like. I, there's all the to, to say that it's unprofessional means nothing. These men are not wearing suits when they play the game. 
They're just playing basketball. It's a professional sport, and a headband keeps your hair and slash or sweat out of your face. So it's doing a professional thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like these are professional businessmen. These are professional athletes, and they're wearing something athletic. Ninjas are athletes. It looks pretty professional to me. I don't see where the problem is, Nike. I've never considered how ninjas are athletes. Ninjas are athletes. Now, I would watch a one-on-one -on -one tournament where NBA players wore business suits. It's like instead of wearing weights on your legs, like your training is that you have to wear a suit. I would watch the shit out of that. I also, which is where I thought you were going with this, I would also watch a bunch of NBA players playing Ninja, the game where you have to try to that slap the other people's really hands. Good. I would love that as well. Because everyone's so long, it would be so hard. These all feel just like mini games within a very good NBA video game that I would want to play. That'd be very fun. You know, like not NBA 2K. When someone makes NBA Jam 2020, uh, then you can put these mini games within it. I would please, like that a lot. Please, 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 please. Activision, please. Please, please. 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 Mid midway, please. Please, we need it. We're in Bioware, the get in there. Just like, please, somebody. <laughs> Someone, anyone. Whoever makes uh, Undertale, just like, get in there. I don't care. Sans is in the Smash. Put Sans in the NBA. Just please. Nintendo, even. I don't care. <laughs> Put the rabbits in there. Somebody. It's fine. Just, I want it. Mario and Luigi versus other people. Just make it happen. So anyway, that's all we got for Full Court Press. Get it like the news. <laughs> Ninja style. A really full somber press. Full Court Press. <laughs> Except for Frank. Yeah. Yay, please be good during the regular season two. I just need a, I'm just going to focus on the French people you said and how funny that was. Well, speaking of somber, Mike. <laughs> oh, no. You said I was going to be excited about this. That actually happened. I am personally excited about what I'm coming out of this because that actually happened, I think, can go in a bunch of different directions. You can tell one story, but I think that I'm going to use that actually happened to give one hot take. Okay. It's not somber, but I'm going to come down hard on a beloved sports hero. Is it Kobe Bryant? It's Kobe's already ruined himself. Okay, good, 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 good. Oh, I didn't say this. <laughs> Amir, I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, I will come on buckets and fight you. Do it, do it. Just do so it. you know. I will watch and stoke the flames. It's true. I will poop myself first. I'll, <laughs> I'll come in on a wheelchair first. I'll do it. Mike, you know, uh, that actually happened. Uh, Airbud is not that good at basketball. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brandon's upset. Brandon has stood up. Oh, he stood up and he looked at me. Before he's anything, Airbud comes from a home of domestic abuse. That's true. Oh, so... 100%. <laughs> Listen, I'm not arguing. What I didn't say is Airbud is secretly a very sad movie. <laughs> what I didn't say is Airbud is a Buck Wild movie. What I didn't even say is that Airbud is a good dog. He's a good boy. Airbud is not good at basketball. All right. No, I did want to acknowledge what you said, is that uh, Airbud is a very sad movie. Here's the beginning of the summary on Wikipedia. The film opens with Norm Sneevely, an alcoholic and bumbling clown, mm -hmm, <laughs> driving mm -hmm. to a child's birthday party with his golden retriever to perform a show. After the dog accidentally causes havoc at the party, Sneevely angrily takes him to the dog pound, but on the way, the kennel falls out of his truck, rendering the dog homeless. This is a children's movie from Disney. Disney was buck wild in these late 90s movies. I did a sketch about this once for my old comedy troupe. Did you know that the beginning of Mighty Ducks also starts with drunk driving? Yeah. That's uh, why he's the coach of the team? Abelio Estevez got sentenced for, to community service because he was drunk driving. And the kids were all banging on his car, like destroying the car. I love that. Just what a ridiculous, hi, you are irresponsible and we arrested you for a DUI. You know what you need to do coach children's hockey well didn't he used to play hockey he did so like it's like 
It makes sense. Still, this is a guy who apparently <laughs> is not good with alcohol. You know what we need to do? Put him in front of a bunch of children with no other adults around. Listen, we all played rec sports. What's the possibility somebody was drunk and taking care of children? I didn't have any drunk coaches. I mean, you might have. You I, just didn't know. You might have. They were incredibly functioning alcoholics if that was the case. <laughs> all right. So I think that this needs to come down to why do I think that Airbud is bad at basketball? There are two ways I'm going to go about this. One, tell some stories from set, and two, I'm going to use some stats. So first, there's this really great interview from Newsweek where they interviewed the director 20 years after Airbud came out. So do you know that this was a co-branded American and Canadian? <laughs> like the NBA, it's an American-Canadian basketball movie. Wow. Because a lot of these guys were in Canada. So the director was living in Canada, and he ran into the producers while they were working on this movie, and the producer's name was Bill Vince. And Bill Vance went up to the director and was like, hey, we've got this movie about a dog that plays basketball. Would you be interested in looking into it and maybe directing it? And then he read the script, and he was like, no, this sucks. I mean, <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's like smart plan. <laughs> so then the director just kept on directing. Um, he directed Buffy the Vampire Slayer, some episodes of that, which was That's pretty, pretty cool. sweet. And he just kept checking in with Bill Vince. And every so often, Bill Vince was like, hey, do you want to do that basketball dog movie? And he's like, no. <laughs> What's fun about every time you talk about a movie on a that actually happened, because this was also with Kazam. A yeah. lot of this is someone has an idea for a movie and it's really bad. And then eventually someone says yes to it. Well, and now he's the yes. <laughs> he's like. Eventually, they like wear him down. He's like, okay, I'm going to do a full rewrite on this script. No CGI. It has to be a real dog. It has to be about the relationship of the dog and the kid. So that kind of explains why tragic it is. Smart. So they totally rewrote it. And then they're like, hey, how do we get the dog to put the ball in the basket? So they had to find a dog that was able to do this. But they did find one. They did. So it's not a parlor trick. The dog. No, the dog legitimately does this, which is really cool when you watch this versus any other basketball scene in any other movie where people can't see basketball for folks at home. If you want to see if an actor or someone is playing basketball when they do the shot, if you see a ball with no cuts <laughs> and they show the the player and the rim at the same time the ball goes in, they're playing basketball. Adam Sandler in the longest yard playing basketball. He's actually very good at basketball. That does not surprise me. Zach Efron. Not good at basketball. No, Zach Efron, very good at basketball. Oh, I, we discussed this. Zach Efron. <laughs> it still doesn't make any sense to me. Zach Efron, incredibly good at basketball. Because he spends all the time faking left and going right. Mm-hmm. Corbin Blue, garbage at basketball. That the matter. Halle Berry other guy that isn't Mark Ruffalo that looks like Mark Ruffalo that was in Miss Congeniality, that dude in Catwoman where she has basketball, they're not playing basketball. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to talk about the basketball scenes of Catwoman at some time. Oh, that'll be a three on three, probably. All right, well, Buddy, Buddy the dog can play basketball. And he does, and you can see it in the film. All right, so this is, well, this is how it happened. So the dog trainer uh, is named Kevin DiColo. He found Buddy as a stray, and then he adopted him. Was his name in real life Buddy too? I think so. Okay. That's how they were referring to him the whole time. It's possible. So something that always intrigued me, and I don't know if you have this information, is what well, part of this sketch that I did about Airbud was about, is the name Airbud is just bad. Because it's not any sort of joke or pun. It's like, you know, Air Jordan. But Bud. Air Bud. <laughs> There's no, it's just Air Bud. There's just no joke. You could have called the movie Charles Barkley or some other dog pun. Mike, you've teased this sketch so much. I just want to go back in time and see it. Well, he was very good. 
I can only imagine that the person who wrote a sketch in college definitely thinks the sketch is good. It was not in college. It was afterwards at CSC Seattle. I got paid. I can definitely <laughs> think that a professional sketch writer would think that their, their Air Bud sketch is very good. I thought it was, but still, Air Bud, the name makes no sense. So his name was probably Buddy. I think that yeah. must have been part of it. Okay, so Kevin DiColo, the trainer, was messing around with his dog Buddy, and he realized that if he threw the ball at the right angle, golden retrievers love to just like hit the balls and mess around with balls. If he did it at the right angle and if he just lobbed it up, the dog hit it in the basket. So it totally happened. So the director looked into this, got the dog. Now the thing is, the dog was very old. <laughs> Kevin DiColo had Buddy for a very long time. Notoriously, and I, this is the somber part, Buddy died very soon after the filming of Air Bud because he had bone cancer. Oh, I'm... <laughs> Look, you never want to hear that someone died because of cancer. You never want to hear that someone died. But I'm glad that the sentence was not because he sustained injuries during the filming <laughs> no, of Air Bud. it was not that. He was a really old dog. Sure, but if you're a dog and you're headbutting balls into the rim, I did not want you to say he died because of head trauma, which no. is in play. Right, that's fair. That's totally fair. I just Not enough mouth trauma. So the dog is fine from playing basketball. I just can't believe that in my brain I want to say, I'm glad you said cancer. <laughs> I'm glad you said bone cancer. Tweet it. <laughs> I'm not. What I should be saying is I'm glad you did not say head trauma, but my brain is like, I'm glad he said cancer. So, but he's still a dog, so he's not that good at basketball. So it took until take 19 for Airbud to get the ball into the hoop on the first time that they do it in the actual game. So in the like, game, not the outdoor scene, because no. he also shoots some outdoors, too. We're talking about the one in the game, because that was the hardest take. It took 19 takes. I mean, that's not that many. But it's not good. Like in, no, we're talking about no, no, in no, general, because no, no. we're sure, talking about, sure, sure, sure. is the dog good at basketball? <laughs> no. Yeah, if you're shooting one for 19, that's not great. It's not good. My favorite question from this interview was, did the dog respond differently when the ball went in the hoop? No, the dog didn't know the difference. <laughs> That's that breaks my heart. A little bit. I would also say that about your uh, your injuries that the ball was slightly deflated. Good. So he was oh, thank God. That's he just, smart. Thank God he just died from bone cancer. Uh... <laughs> I also looked into the stats of Buddy during all of these games. So this was uh, written by Rajat Suresh for Mel Magazine, and he also agrees Airbud sucks at basketball. <laughs> So the way that the ball goes in the hoop is that you need to be like alley-ooped, right? Yes. So it needs to be thrown to you. You need the kid to throw the ball at you for you to hit it in the hoop. Right. So when Airbud takes a shot mm -hmm. and it is from the kid throwing the ball at him, yes. 80%, right? Yeah. When a kid is not throwing the ball at him, he's 0%. He's 0 for 0. Mm -hmm. So he can't even take his own shot. He can only do alley-oops. He can't dribble the ball. He can pass it back to you. But if someone needs to pass it to him first, very limited skill set. Okay. You have just described a certain player in the NBA. <laughs> You've described someone with career averages of 10 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, and 67% field goal percentage. You've described DeAndre Jordan. Well, DeAndre <laughs> someone argued DeAndre Jordan is not great at basketball. Look, DeAndre, Jor Bud. DeAndre Jordan is a one-time All-Star a three-time All-NBA player, two-time rebound champion, and two-time All-Defensive Team inductee. Well, here's some things about DeAndre Jordan. 
One, he's a very tall man. Yes. Two, he's very good at defense. And we'll get to that <laughs> later. But let's still talk about the stats. Uh, Kevin, the kid, while he's playing, he shoots 78% when a kid is throwing to him. He also just shoots a regular 78% when he's just dribbling the ball. Steph Curry, 48% when a kid is throwing a ball at him. Also 48% is shooting the ball. Yeah. So Airbud not good unless he's getting a direct LU. Uh, Airbud also is not really great at playing defense. He just kind of runs around. Sometimes he pokes the ball away. But there's one notorious game in the championship game. The most notorious defensive play he does is that, like, the main bully is dribbling the ball. And I just want to show you this gif. Airbud just kind of runs at the kid and hits him in the nuts. That kid had it coming. That kid really had it coming. He was such a jerk. In the <laughs> I just film. like that it's repeating, though, like looking at it as a gif. <laughs> It's it's great. I've also this gif is reminding me and I've forgotten. We'll we'll put a link to this on the website. I forgot that he wore four tiny individual sneakers on his paws. It's very cute. I forgot that they did that. That's the best part of dogs is they have little little feet. Mm-hmm. I and need to see little Air Jordans. I just like that they had the integrity to keep the court in check like, look, there's no rule that says dogs can't play basketball, but we can't have his claws <laughs> But he needs up to be court. playing basketball. Uh, my favorite quote from this article was, there's no rule saying a dog can't play basketball, but there's a rule saying you can't headbutt an opposing player in the crotch. <laughs> like, absolutely true. Here's my point. <laughs> in real life, the dog got one for 19. Airbud shot 80%, but he needed the alley-oop to be done. Mm-hmm. Also, they even acknowledge it in the actual game. Now, you may think from viral tweets, like, shout out to Men's Health, uh, who just blatantly steals content from the internet men's health does that too yeah they all do it so they all kind of tweeted like man whenever you're feeling down just think about uh if you were the kid in airbud who got subbed out for a dog but airbud only came in the game when all of the other players fouled out and they only had four mm-hmm. so airbud was taking an, a vacant spot yeah. So Airbud was the twelfth man, the twelfth dog on the <laughs> on the bench. He was the first dog. He was first the dog, thirteenth man. He was the thirteenth player. <laughs> Let's be all the available of the spectrum that goes beyond humans. I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> there were twelve boys in this game, and he was the thirteenth boy first dog mm-hmm. because they were all eleven years old. Yes. Around about the age, uh, you know. Which meant he was 77. He was, listen, old dog new tricks. What can I say? Unfortunately, Airbud is bad at basketball, and that actually happened. Man, I, it's not that he's bad. It's that he's limited. He is the best dog who has ever played basketball. There it is. There but it is. if we're talking about the spectrum of things that can play basketball, I would say Looney Tunes, humans, monsters, dogs. He's on the lower spectrum of corporal beings that can play basketball. But on the highest tier of dogs. A canine. Four-legged things? Four, well, depends. Does Bugs Bunny have four legs? No, he very clearly has feet and hands. He wears gloves. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> Thank you. Mike, thanks for setting me straight. Yeah. I was on the wrong path, and I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't helped me out there. And I don't know the full lore of the Airbud Extended Cinematic Universe, but I do know that he goes on in the sequel to be the golden receiver. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is the same Airbud or if it's a different buddy. In canon, it's supposed to be the same dog, but obviously, because the dog passed away different dog right so i can't like i can't even compare right but i mean in the canon we've got someone who goes on to have an illustrious basketball career an illustrious football career then there's a baseball one and then there's also one where he goes to space he also plays hockey he plays Mm. football is there a hockey one too i think there's a hockey 
And then there's one with like a bunch of dogs. Air, there's a bunch of pups. Air, that's Air Buddies when he has children. Right, but they can talk, so that's totally different. Uh, We're totally out of it. This is the most realistic Air Bud movie, I would say, which is not yes. saying much, is that there is a dog that is kind of good at basketball that he can help you win a game. Okay, so here's what we've got. We've got Air Bud, and then the sequel, Air Bud Golden Receiver, mm-hmm. then Air Bud World Pup instead of World that's Cup. Soccer, that's right. the soccer one. Then there's Air Bud Seventh Inning Fetch, which is the baseball one. And then there's Air Bud Spikes Back, the volleyball, volleyball. one. And then there's Air Buddies. I could have sworn they played hockey. And Maybe I, I was just kind of... That's just... That's too ridiculous. I do want to give props to the Air Bud franchise. Air Bud, not a pun. Not very good. But every other film is a pun. That's true. That's incredible. So they made the up for one. it. I'm trying to think of the hockey one. Is it Frozen... I mean, you could do something about stick because they love to fetch sticks. High, high sticking. Oh, Airbud, puck in the pet like a net. Uh, <laughs> Airbud cat trick, and there's a cat that plays hockey with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well you had to go. Ah, that wasn't necessarily better than mine. You did have to go find another pet. But this is, hey, it's the fifth one in the franchise. We gotta spice it <laughs> we up. Gotta we gotta get a cat, a cat in the mix. There. Nine lives, five whole. Oh, there it is. That's the that's, that's the, the tagline. The hockey sequel. That's the tagline. Time. <laughs> Fine at basketball for a dog. Not actually good at basketball compared to everybody else. And that actually, that actually happened. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. So this three on three is one that I have been sitting on for a bit. A topic that I knew we had to discuss at some point, but I wanted it to be for something that was relevant, and. As you know, the American... Oh, wait, sorry. Brandon said Zamboni, which is much better than ours. It's better than anything we said. God fucking damn it. Shit, Brandon, you are now... You make horse now. (laughs) Brandon's the horse. You are the horse boy. (laughs) (laughs) Brandon Brandon just (laughs) pretended to punch the window he painstakingly built in the studio. But it was for very good effect. I'm upset that he got. Damn it! We're in it. We're too focused. Look, but Brandon. Brandon's just like our floating guy on the outside. What I will say is, I know a lot of podcasts do the whole "oh, the producers in the room," blah 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 thing, and most of the time it's very unenjoyable to listen to. Everything Brandon does is very good. It's just gold. <laughs> Brandon's gold out there. So, as we discussed earlier, the United States FIBA basketball team was removed from the competition for being bad at basketball. And as you also may be aware, the coach of said team is a man by the name of Greg Popovich. He will be coaching the Olympic team as well. Mm -hmm. So Greg Popovich, as you know, and hopefully most of our listeners at home know, he can be pretty grumpy. And I call a lot of people grumpy on this podcast, but Popovich is a fun mix of he's either being very funny or very grumpy or using his grumpiness as comedy. Mm -hmm. Greg's perfect. I love Coach Pop a lot. He's one of the best coaches in the whole league. He is going to go down in history. He's done some incredibly nice things. He has refused to be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame until Tim Duncan is inducted, and then he will allow himself to be inducted. Pop could have been inducted, I believe, one or two years ago, Mm -hmm. and he said, no, you can't put me in until Tim's in. That's interesting, though. Like, I never think about the relationship between, like, coaches, because you can just keep coaching long after a player's career goes. Uh, That's pretty interesting. I I think that's really interesting, his stand-up guy. So he's just a general, really good guy. He stands up for people in need and, and allows people to take a step back 
back and realize there's more to life than just basketball. He can mm. be somber and serious when he needs to. But for this three-on-three, three, I have done the three best Greg Popovich sideline interview responses and the three best Greg Popovich post-game interview ah, responses. there it is. I was going to wonder how you were spicing this up. Yes. Notably, Greg Popovich hates sideline interviews. If you've ever watched an NBA game, they usually happen in between the quarters. Some sort of sideline reporter. For a long time, it was Craig Sager. He is not with us anymore. David Aldridge has done a lot. Doris Burke used to do it, but Doris is better than this and doesn't deserve that. Doris needs to be in the booth. ESPN, put her in the fucking booth, you cowards. <laughs> don't give me the first round of the playoffs with Doris. Give me the motherfucking finals with Doris Burke. I don't need to hear Mark Jackson be like, hand down, man down. I need Doris telling me insightful basketball things. Anyway, sideline reporters will talk to coaches. <laughs> All right, well, we just cut out 20 minutes of Mike screaming in the <laughs> microphone. So now we're back. All right, it's what are tomorrow. we doing? <laughs> They will bring coaches aside and just ask them these nonsensical questions while the coaches are in the middle of the game, mm -hmm. which is very annoying. Most coaches are very nice, even if they try to be really quick so they can get back to, you know, doing their job. Coaching. But Greg Popovich has no patience for this. He notoriously gives a lot of one-word answers or very quick answers or sometimes will even just turn around and walk away from ridiculous questions. So do you want me to start with the sideline ones or the postgame? Yeah, sideline and then go into okay, postgame. Cool. That's good because the sideline ones are very quick because I was watching a lot of best of Greg Popovich sideline stuff and it's mostly just him giving one-word responses. So it's hard <laughs> to choose between them. So it's just like as a whole, there's some good ones. And I'll put links on the website just to these super cuts of them because because they're all like 10 seconds long <laughs> since they ask him a question and then he just says no. But here are the three best in my mind. So the third best involves Craig Sager. Now, Craig Sager is not a good person. He, I, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about him, but he had uh, an affair with a Chicago Bulls cheerleader and then left his wife for it. And then that Chicago Bulls cheerleader wrote his family out of the will. And it's this whole big debacle. Yeah, I remember So that. we're not going to be talking about Craig Sager, the human here. Man, we're talking a lot of uh, yay about people who've passed, huh? <laughs> hey, if, if you do shitty things. That's true. You don't get to be moralized. No. So Craig, he dressed very flamboyantly notoriously fl that was like his thing he wore obnoxiously bright suits i think they're great ridiculous shirt patterns and all this other stuff but there's one in i would say not like stylishly not like who's the, the, the no. figure, who was the figure skater who oh, does it um i know oh johnny 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 weir johnny weir johnny weir like fabulous amazing dresser he would wear like ridiculous jackets intentionally to be ridiculous yes it would be bright fuchsia jacket and pants with a teal shirt and a magenta tie right. it, w it usually would not look very good there's a difference between being obnoxious and wearing clothes just to be loud and wearing loud clothes stylishly which i would like to say that i do i own four pairs of pink pants but i think i do it well <laughs> I have a shirt with pugs on it, but I make sure the pants match so it looks like a nice outfit. Mike doesn't work in a visual medium, but he could. Look, I gotta show out when I get the chance to be seen. I gotta be seen, so I wear a shirt with cockatoos on it and white pants. So in one of the interviews with Craig Sager, he's wearing a ridiculous jacket and a very big fluffy pocket square. Not doing a normal pocket square thing where it just sticks out a little bit. It's a big fluffy handkerchief. So mid-question, without even answering it, while Craig is asking Greg Popovich this question, he takes the handkerchief out of Sager's pocket and then just wipes his face and blows his nose with it and then stuffs it back into his jacket. Oh my god, that's beautiful. <laughs> 
That's amazing. That's like slapstick comedy. That's beautiful. It's really good. I love that. Popovich used to poke fun at Craig Sigger's outfits a lot. There was another one that didn't make the cut where Craig Sigger is wearing a very bright jacket and he interrupts Craig Sigger during the question and says, how can people treat you seriously and professionally while you wear something like that? <laughs> That's a great question. There's another time when he's Craig Sigger's wearing a black one with sparkles and it's very shiny and sequiny. Mm-hmm. And Craig Sigger asked him about all the turnovers that his team had, and he said, They're all just looking at your jacket. <laughs> so number three is just Popovich making just fun dunking of Craig Sager. On Craig Sager. Yeah, I got <laughs> Which it. is good because Craig Sager sucks. He's a bad person. The second one, I'm just gonna let it play right. because it, it's I'm not going to do it justice. Greg Popovich, uh, four for 22 shooting so far on offense for you guys. What's the problem? Well, it didn't go in the hole. I think that underscore, <laughs> that's like, that feels very quintessential about what you're talking about. Yes. It's like if you ask us, what is it? Like dumb questions get dumb answers? Sure. Bad questions get bad answers. It's, that's that's not journalism. That's no. nothing. That is absolutely nothing. Greg, we are playing a sport in which you need to score baskets. Your team is not scoring baskets. What's the problem? How do you feel about that? Well, I think she didn't even ask how you feel. She <laughs> said, what's going wrong? You've identified what's going wrong. And that's why we're losing. It's our shooting. It'd be like if you were in a cooking competition mm-hmm. and you're supposed to do something and it literally lit on fire. And then you go to the judges and they say, it's a bit overcooked. What went wrong? I put it in the oven too long and it caught on fire. It, this tastes burnt. Thoughts? <laughs> I noticed that you burnt the creme brulee, and it tastes burnt. What happened? Well, I burned it, Gordon. Uh, I noticed that your cake tastes bad. Uh, okay, would you like to respond? Yeah, it's a bad bake, Mary! It's a bad bake! Uh, this just reminds me of my favorite thing that Paul Hollywood says. My favorite thing that Paul Hollywood says in Great British Bake Off is when he goes, uh, it looks a bit underdone. <laughs> Just the way he says underdone is very good. And I could listen to him say it forever. Can I put a hot take inside of this? Yes. Season 10, best season so it, far. Is it the most British recent one? The one that's on Netflix right now. I watched, it's great. I watched a few episodes. I think they get a bit too hammy with the contestants talking to each other after the judges come over and say something and then they turn and they're like paul hollywood says like it's a bit underdone and then (laughs) i like how he's paul mccartney when you do it it's hey ringo it's a little (laughs) underdone put it in the oven a bit longer before you start releasing octopus's garden hey (laughs) hey jude what do you think about this bake (laughs) it's a little bit underdone but i think they're getting a little too campy with the contestants turning to each other and then saying things like well that could have gone a bit better i think it's because and this happens with every reality show i think it's because people who are on the show are now like super fans that's they feel which is good but now they're allowed to like morph i really like noel fielding too i think in this particular season i think the hosts have really come into it i think the contestants are being a little too cheesy and i think they might rein it in next season and i hope they do well they have time i mean they're going doing weekly release so maybe the edits are going to be different who knows this is a basketball podcast Mm -hmm. we only talk about basketball here (laughs) on horse So that was the second best of all time. Just if you're going to come to someone who notoriously doesn't like good questions, come ask with a, a better question. question. It's like when people ask Russell Westbrook, did the Jazz win this game or did you lose? And then he went, the fuck are you talking about, bro? Yeah, but you need you need content. We wouldn't have this show if people ask good questions all the time. Look, I could do a three on three of the three best and the three also best questions that Doris Burke has asked people. <laughs> <laughs> Journalistic star Doris Burke. So for the final one, 
This is, again, related to Craig Sager, but not actually. So Craig Sager was in the hospital at the time of this interview, and Craig Sager Jr., his son, took over his duties for NBA on TNT as the sideline reporter. Mm -hmm. And it was this incredibly genuine interview between him and Pop. We'll put the link on the website. It's only a minute long. But it's... Oh, it's just so good because Pop noted curmudgeon takes the time to be thoughtful and thorough with someone whose father, regardless of how shitty he is, going through cancer treatment. Then what do you need to do to pull away in the fourth quarter and close this one out? Uh, we need more stops. Right. Great job. Great questions from Craig Jr. I talked to my dad to see if he had a question. He said, son, you're on your own. Is there anything you'd like to say? Right. Well, I got to tell you, uh, you did a great job, but I'd rather have your dad standing here. That's just great. We miss you. You've been an important part of all this for a long time, doing a great job. We want your fanny back on the court, and I promise I'll be nice. Get back here. Good luck. Two important things. One, great use of fanny. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and second, if we're talking about unprofessional, Craig Sager Jr. has a terrible tiny ponytail, and I hate it, and he should be banned. Don't forget his bad goatee. His suit, very nice. Everything else, hair-wise, not doing so great. His hair is poor. But I just love that Pop takes the time to be sentimental, but then also doesn't lose what makes him inherently Pop in that he's funny and he pokes fun at people and also that he wants to get out of that interview because he gives a very good, serious answer, lengthy, to the first one. And then the second one, he goes, we need to get stops. Your questions are great, like very politely. He's like, please let me go back so I can do my job, sir. So now we move on to the three best Greg Popovich post-game interview responses. So one in particular, this one, just kind of funny. Here's Greg Popovich talking about just the importance of basketball in comparison to things going on in the world and, and really putting things into perspective. It's the way life goes, you know. NASA discovered all those habitable planets the other day. You guys know about that? Yeah. Like what they say, there were how many of them? 1,200, I think. 1,200 habitable <laughs> planets. Well, 1,200 new. I don't and then know. last night, somebody lost a basketball game. <laughs> Come on. Get, get over yourself. Really good. I like that one woman who's really close to the microphone. She's just like, ha-ha, Pop got him again. And you know who's the worst person in that room? The guy in the back who goes, well, 1,200 new habitable planets. Uh, well, actually. Dog, there's one habitable planet. Well, actually, Greg well, Popovich. actually, I want to make this about me. This seems like a great quote, so I want to make it about me. Look, I know you're being really funny and sentimental and putting us all into perspective so that we can grasp how small and infinitesimal we are in this universe we live in, but you are off by one, so I would like to say, well, 1,200 new habitable planets. Uh, well, I, you know, I watched Cosmos once, so. Have you heard of the Big Bang Theory? Because bazooper. <laughs> yep. I love science. Gah. Makes me upset. <laughs> I'm upset you said that. What? Bazooper. <laughs> hey, side note, one of my favorite instances that ever happened to me. I was once at a bar, you know where they have giant Jenga? Mm -hmm. I was there with my friend, and there was these two people we didn't know. They asked if they could play four-person Jenga. We said yes. This guy was clearly on a first date with this girl that he was with. He was trying to impress her. We were talking about Jenga, and he was able to get one out when it was pretty hard. And she was impressed and said, oh, how do you know where to grab the piece from? I am clenching. I have no idea where this is going to go, and I know it's going to be bad. The reason I'm able to know with it is because as you continue to move the thing up, mm -hmm. it's the center of mass is moving. What he meant to say 
was the centroid is moving. <laughs> but because centroid geometry, center of mass is over a uniform density. But regardless, r- immediately after, she was like, wow, you're really smart, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, my favorite show's The Big Bang Theory. Ah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man, only the math people are going to love this joke. But he really got it at the end. Thank but you, I didn't say anything because I could tell it was on the first day. And I was like, I'm not going to be the well actually guy to be like, mm, you don't mean this. And you're sir. like, well, excuse me. <laughs> I, just excuse let, me. I just let him have it. Instead, I was like, I'm just going to beat this guy at Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did do, but and that's when Mike got asked to get taken outside after he played. That's Jenga. a different story, but yeah, just the fact that he followed it up with, "Yeah, I'm really smart. I watched The Big Bang Theory." <laughs> so anyway, pop putting things in perspective, very good. Love it very much. So the number two is Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr have a fun relationship together. Yeah, they're both some of the best coaches in the league. They've met head to head a bunch in the playoffs. Kerr used to play for the Spurs. Pop was on the coaching staff. So they have a great relationship and they've given each other jabs back and forth. But my favorite jab was once when Greg Popovich was asking if he still gives Steve Kerr advice now that he is a very successful coach in the Golden State Warriors. Greg Popovich, <laughs> quote, I hate Steve Kerr. If he asks me anything, I tell him to go urinate in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the use of Fanny, the use of urinate here is very good. It's very good. He's dedicated to not saying curse words, but still getting across exactly what he's trying to say. He's not going to tell him to go piss in a bucket, which is... Not as funny. Not not as funny. funny, But it is a term of phrase that people do say, ah, go piss in a bucket. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's a thing. Like, ah, go piss in a bucket is a thing. But to tell him, go urinate in a bucket is very good. Because by saying urinate, it takes me out of it being an idiom and puts me into... He is instructing Stephen Kerr to release his urine into a bucket receptacle. First, find a bucket. Second, do what bodies do and do it in that bucket. <laughs> Instead of asking me for coaching advice. Oh, I love that. Pop's funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a funny guy. He's really funny. So the number one post-game interview is a time when Pop wasn't using his curmudgeonness to be funny. It was when he was seriously upset about something, and he conveyed that in a post-game interview. So Pop is a great coach. He's very defensive of his players, and he will go to the mat for them. And one instance of this was when Kawhi Leonard got famously injured by Zaza Pachulia, who stuck his foot under where Kawhi was going to land after a jump shot, which is a huge no-no in the NBA because it's a very easy way to roll your ankle. Incredibly dangerous. And Zaza Pachulia, who is clumsy, has a history of injuring people and doing dirty plays. So there was this thing of, was it intentional? Was it not? Blah, blah, blah. Pop fully convinced that it was intentional. And Kawhi ended up getting injured in that game. The Spurs were winning by 17 points at the time, and they ended up losing that game. The Warriors made a huge comeback. They ended up winning the series, etc. So in that post-game press conference, Pop was incredibly heated, especially at the notion that it was accidental. And here is what he said. But this is crap. And because he's got this history, it can't just be, oh, it was inadvertent. He He didn't have intent. Who gives a damn about what his intent was? You ever hear of manslaughter? You still go to jail, I think, when you're texting and you end up killing somebody. But you might not have intended to do that. All I care is what I saw. All I care about is what I what happened. And the history there exacerbates the whole situation and makes me very, very angry. Jesus Christ. Listen, I agree with him. And we talk about this a lot, that athletes, their bodies are the product 
It's preserving it. It's like your job is having a body that works. 100%. But when he says, have you ever heard of manslaughter? Everyone's like, oh, no. <laughs> I have heard of that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, it's, a, it's a bit extreme. The point he makes is correct. But I did appreciate that. Well, actually, guy was not in the room for that interview because Pop would have asked, have you heard of manslaughter? And he would have said, yes, I have heard of manslaughter. <laughs> I was pre-law in college. <laughs> And then I dropped out to follow my dream of basketball reporting. And watching The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the same guy. It oh, might have been. It might have been the same guy. It's canon now. It was the same guy. That's true. Even if this is a bit too much to compare an injury to murder, I do appreciate the analogy. And I really just appreciate how protective of his players and his players' health and safety that Pop is. It just, I think, shows the, the character of him as a person, him as a coach, him as a friend to these players. Yeah. And I like that he got so upset, not only that his player was injured for someone that has a history of injuring people intentionally, but also get that the notion was that, oh, everything's okay. He didn't mean to do it. I think this is emblematic of what Pop does. Like, he goes farther than everyone else so that the rest of the league can respond and be better. Yeah. And I think that he's also given this opportunity to show Steve Kerr that he's allowed to say what he wants. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe it's loosening up people's tongues and the yeah. allowing figureheads like coaches and maybe even players as well. I know that's a totally different dynamic. Right. But allowing people to say what's on their mind and to speak on it because they have a lot of power and people really listen to them. Yeah. He so, was, he was like one of the lot. first coaches to be socially conscious and talk about politics and not be afraid of it. And following suit has been... LeBron and Steve Kerr, they've both been very outspoken about it, and it's expanded, so I'm glad that he did that. I forget the name of the principle, but there's some principle that when you're in a meeting and you're suggesting ideas, the first person who suggests something should say something completely wild hmm. so that everything else doesn't seem ridiculous, and you can get a good idea out of something that you think, this is too absurd to happen. Right. And I think Pop's doing that for the NBA. Great job, Pop. Yay, Pop. Yay. A happy note. <laughs> It's true. First one's pretty somber. We started with a somber full court press, and now we love. That's true. <laughs> Think locally, act globally. Yeah. No, it's the other way. Right? Wait, it's the other way around. Think globally, act locally. Think, act. <laughs> the more you know. Horse, a basketball podcast. Only about basketball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The music is by Bettina Kapamanis. The art is by Alison Wigman. And the website is by Kelly Beckman. Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Rand Wingate, Berger, Scala Jorgensen, Gladiator Vetter, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Hufflepuff Hillary, Samantha Rose, Polly Burridge. I've worked with Eric's dad, Kaylin Hates Square Dancing, and Jordan Wood. Mike, do you know where you can look up tutorial videos to teach your dog how to be good at basketball my local post office <laughs> yeah i guess yeah there's like a pamphlet or something but you can also look it on the internet oh. which is where you can find social media ah. for a horse choo, 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 choo. you can find us on the internet at horse hoops on instagram and facebook and horse underscore hoops on twitter because as we say every single episode it's because horse hoops asked greg popovich a really bad interview question and he murdered them and horse hoops got banned right also that now i just want horse hoops please <gasps> we could get it and then every episode change the bio to say we got banned because and then just good. change it every day i like that our website is horsehoops.com which has all of our research and the visual stuff you didn't see because this is a podcast 
And if you want access to sweet bonus content such as the revamped Overtime, 5 on 5, Eric and I playing video games against each other, you can check all that out at patreon.com slash horsehoops. Hey Mike, you know who does a really good survey? Greg and all Yes, it's true. And also Multitude. Multitude. Multitude is an audio collective about people who love things. It doesn't mean that we can't be critical about them. That spirits that join the party that's Potterless, that's Waystation, that's Head, Heart, Gut, and that is Horse. You can find us on the internet at multitude.productions or at multitude shows. You can do our survey at multitude.productions slash survey. And you can buy tickets for our live show in Boston on October 10th at multitude.productions slash live. And as we round out every episode, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. I think it's only fair if we say something French because of all of the French names we said earlier. And I obviously know all these French things, but I'm going to let you say it instead. Do we say that guy whose name is Axel? Oh, yeah. We'll say Axel Toupin on three. In a regular in English accent? You or do American? English and I'll do French. Okay. One, two, two three. three. Axel, Axel Toupin! Sounded so sounded really good. It sounded amazing. I could only hear me, so I could only imagine it was good. It was. It had to be. You never say anything bad. <laughs> That's true. Never say anything. Horse hoops. Never say anything bad. Mm-hmm. Eric, I've never said anything bad in my life. So, Mike, I only said that one thing about a dog dying one time. Shoe bear. I had good intentions. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.